Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 63 of the Church Leadership Podcast. We are so excited about the conversation we are bringing you today. And if you're new to our podcast, we want to say thank you for tuning in and listening. The mission of our podcast is we want to help encourage and equip leaders in the local church. And uh, that's what we are about. And we want to encourage you to go over to your favorite podcast listening app right now and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Apple or Google, Spotify, however you listen to podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're there, leave us a review and uh, rate us. We'd appreciate that. Now today's conversation. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the podcast. It is once again some uh, some material from our quarantine and social distancing, if I can even say that. I've said it so many times, uh, it doesn't <laughs> sound good anymore, and COVID-19 uh, measures. We yeah. are on Zoom, and it is our pleasure to have our good friend Cody Hale with us. Cody serves as lead pastor of Iron City Baptist Church near Anniston, Alabama. Cody, we're so glad to have you on the podcast today. Oh, it's an honor to be with you guys. Well, listen, we've gotten to know you uh, a little bit over the last several months, Cody, and uh, we're just so encouraged by how God is using you and uh, the impact that you have had uh, really everywhere, but, but specifically where he has you now at Iron City. And uh, a lot of people listening may know you, Cody. Um, I mean, you're a famous guy, but some of the people <laughs> may not. So, uh, you know, tell a little about, about your, your, your ministry context and, and just your story, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I'm almost finished with my seventh year here at Iron City as lead pastor. And this is actually the church that I grew up in. So this is my home church. Um, a lot of people don't realize that. And so I was a student pastor for eight years at um, a couple other places and, I'm always just had a heart for Iron City and the, the way that mm. the Lord worked, not just to bring me to faith, but to bring my whole family to faith. Um, and kept up with the church, stayed in contact with the church. Um, and, and, and she really went through a hard season. Uh, went through a split and just was in a kind of a bad place. And um, I, I remember coming even and praying and I was 27 and i didn't even think it was in the within the realm of possibility to come and to be like it wasn't even on my mind um and and just the lord worked over the course of the next year and lo and behold in, in the way that only the lord can do um he brought me here uh, and I, our church has never had a generational pastor she's 130 years old and i at seven years i'm tied for the length of the, the wow. longest tenure in the history of our church. That's amazing. Um, they say yeah. you can't go home again. And they say that to you and you're like, hold my Bible. That's, that's right. There you go. And uh, man, the people here have just been so responsive and good and patient. Can I emphasis on patient uh, and, and graceful uh, when they brought this 27 year old pastor in and they have just loved me and, uh, and been responsive to God's word and been willing to, for, for, this young guy to make mistakes and to lead them. And, um, and, and they have just, they've done an incredible, been an incredible church just to, to serve and to minister to. Um, we've, we've definitely had some bumps. 
And specifically over the last three years, I think I was sharing with you guys just my health. Um, I had, I've always been super healthy. I, I didn't use my health insurance. I think the first 10 years, my wife and I were married. And three years ago, I was in Africa on a mission trip and my small intestines ruptured while I was, uh, while I was in Africa and came back and had no idea what that was, what that was about. Had to have emergency surgery and spent nine days at, at UAB. And man, let me just tell you, my church just loved me through it and battled with some depression through it, just responding to it. Um, I had this 10 month old new baby in my house, just wondering, you know, am I going to be able to be the daddy to her that she needs? Um, I can remember being in Africa and just thinking, Lord, will you just let me see my girls one more time? And it wow. sounds so dramatic now, but that it was, it was sincerely right. what I felt. And uh, as you guys really know, coming out of that, I felt like I was really getting my feet under. And I had told my sec, and you guys know what this means. I had told my secretary, I really feel like I finally have my life back. I really feel like I have my, my feet under it. When, when, Cause when the stomach happens, I was trained for a marathon. I was in the best shape of my life at the time when all that happened. Right. And it just got the rug pulled out from under me. And then I, uh, I tell my secretary uh, back in the summer, I said, I, I think I finally got my life back. And I, the church was gracious enough to give me a, a four week sabbatical over the summer. And I'm with my family. We're camping. We're having a great time. And I, in the middle of that sabbatical, I woke up one morning and couldn't sit up in the bed. Um, and I, I laughed, you know, I thought this is old age. I, you know, I'd been manhandling kayaks and, and different stuff like that. And uh, it just didn't get better. And um, about a month later, I finally uh, succumbed and went to the doctor and found out that basically my whole back had to be rebuilt and that my we don't know really what happened i've always been really active so maybe it was some mountain biking injury or, or something like that but we really don't know something didn't heal right and one of the times that i injured it but my spinal canal had collapsed by an inch and was was pushing in and the disc had completely blown out and i was pretty high risk for a pretty significant condition called caudioquina syndrome and uh and so they had to put in two rods and screws and fuse l3 l4 vertebrae together uh and so both of those times i was um, at least a month out of the church and again the church has just loved me through that and been so incredibly gracious uh, and generous to, to my family um and so yeah so here i am I'm, you know that was in september and the the Lord has has answered a lot of prayers, and my doctor, uh, Doctor Nichols at the Andrews Sports Clinic, he said that I was the earliest he'd ever released a fusion patient. Um, and I, I, I'm weed eating, uh, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I'm, I'm I feel too well, and uh, I'm having to do. Don't say that too loudly, or yeah. don't say that to your secretary. That's true. Yeah, no, I don't tell her anything anymore. Um, so, so it's definitely been a roller coaster, you know. Um, and uh, it's, we've had ups and downs, but, uh, but the Lord, he's, he's been faithful through all those things. Listen, well, uh, this may I be the shortest podcast. Go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. That's part of the Zoom, right? So, uh, you know, pastors listening to this, you think you've got it rough, you know, dealing with, with deacons or, or you know, uh, a member or two. I mean, come on. Um, Cody's had to deal with that plus this. So uh, there's encouragement right there. I know that's what you were about to say. 
I was going to say this may be the shortest podcast we could ever just stop right now and say thanks for listening. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, you had a lot to experience in a short amount of time in your ministry there uh, from uh, being young and, and taking on uh, basically church revitalization to experiencing hardships and health difficulties and uh, uh, how all that you know, rolls into being a, a good husband and a good dad and the frustrations there. But one of the things I wanted to talk about with you real quick, Cody, is your, your desire, your passion for making disciples. Uh, we know that God has used you in a great way there in your church to, to kind of flesh that out. You guys are doing some neat things there. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey to get to, to where you are, maybe where, where that came from and, and kind of what you guys are doing right now? Yeah, so I'm a product of discipleship, and, and so I, I think that that's where it was. I had a youth pastor who was just relentless in my life and would just not go away, um, and, and that's how I came to faith, and that ended up leading my, my dad to faith and my sisters to faith, um, and then over the course, uh, so it took him three short years to wear me down. <laughs> um, and before, and, and when I came to faith, it didn't stop there. He, he continued to take me everywhere that he went. He continued, we continued to, to go and, and to visit people. And he, whenever he was going on a speaking event, he would, he would take me with him. And we just had this extraordinary uh, bond. And honestly, that's, that was my whole conception of what it meant um, to, to live the Christian life was with someone leading me um, toward Christ. And, and so as the Lord began to work and move me into ministry and move me into leadership roles in the church, it really wasn't a scheme or a plan or even a strategy or anything like that. It was just me really emulating what I had seen in my life and what the Lord had used to transform me. And um, I began to realize that especially the young men, I was, when I was a youth pastor, the young men were just hungry for it. And they, they would come to, if I was, if I was, uh, you know, working in my yard, they'd say, Hey, can we just come work in your yard with you? And those conversations would turn into spiritual conversations. And we would do a lot of hiking and backpacking and things like that. And those conversations, uh, would, would turn into spiritual conversations. And then we begin to realize over time, we were, we were seeing more of our adults do that. And we were watching as, as families were being transformed um, really in an organic way. And so my passion for making disciples was really, was really birthed through all of that process. And so when, when we came to Iron City, they kind of asked me what the plan was. And I said, I don't have a lot of a plan, but I can tell you what we're going to do. Um, we're going to live all out everything that we've got for Jesus. And we're going to invite other people to come with us. Um, and, so from, from the very beginning, our, our heartbeat has been to make disciples, to, to teach them all the things that Christ has commanded, to, to baptize them, the Father and the, and the Son and the Holy Spirit, um, and, and to, to do it life on life. Um, that the passion, the particular passion that I have for making disciples is whole life discipleship. Um, I, I think that discipleship is being a husband in front of your disciples. It's being a dad in front of your disciples. It's, it's failing um, with your disciples. And so for us, discipleship is, you know, you've heard people say that love is spelled T-I-M-E. And, and for us, discipleship is spelled the same way. And, and that's really been at the, at the core of, of who we've been. Um, and we, for our church, it was really a pretty new 
concept. It's not really, it wasn't really the model that they were, were built on. So there was a, there was a slow, it felt like a slow death at times, but a slow transition. And um, we really felt like at about the five and a half year point, um, and vocabulary, we were speaking a common vocabulary. We were, we were um, seeing, seeing the, the first generation begin to, to multiply. And, and, and that's when it, things have just really gotten exciting for us. Well, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's the heartbeat of this podcast and that's Andy and I's heartbeat. Uh, it's our passion. So we love to hear those stories and, and we've seen that. I mean, we've seen that in your life and in your church. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about, you know, your leadership there, because uh, from, I guess, even before we knew you personally from a distance, one thing that I observed about you and your leadership is, is the level of passion that you portrayed. And, you know, you obviously are passionate about uh, reaching people, about loving Jesus with all you have, about discipling people. And so you, you really have, God has used you to, to shift the landscape, uh, so to speak, in your church to, to be a, a, a Bible-based disciple-making factory. And I want to ask you, what role do you think, uh, as a leader and as a pastor, what role do you think passion plays in your leadership and leading your people to those things? Yeah, I think, I think passion in your people are never going to be more passionate than their leaders are. And what your leaders are passionate about is what your people are going to be passionate about. And, um, I, I think that a lot of times we think of passion as a personality type. Um, or we, we think of passion as a, a volume level or, or, or whatever, you know, like I think there's a lot, uh, but people see through all that stuff, you know, like that, that's artificial passion. I think the kind of passion that I, I think the role that it plays in leadership is passion inspires people. Um, and, but, but I think the kind of passion that inspires people is a passion that is, that is sincere and genuine and aimed. Um, I, I think, I think genuine, sincere passion is actually a discipline. Mm. Um, passion in and of itself is not sustainable. It's the object of your passion. It, it, it's when you're, you're hungry with the God. It, it's very difficult to tell the difference sometimes between passion and obsession. Um, and, you know, my wife says that I am obsessive and, and there's a lot of truth, you know, right. It's that fine line between insanity, you know, and, uh, and, and so I, I, I think that, that passion that, that, that inspires people is that passion that that's disciplined to obsess over the gospel, to come again and again to the, to the truths of scripture, to, to day in and day out, ask the Lord, show me something fresh today. Show me, show me again from your promises, what, what I'm, call me again to a deeper walk with you work in me to renew my faith and renew my mind continue to work. So I think passion really is, is the outworking of of disciplines. And when, and and so you come back to discipleship, right? That, that, that passion comes from doing the work of a disciple of, of following after Jesus. And when you do that with other people and you, you see, it began to affect people's lives and transform people. It's hard not to get excited about that. It's hard not to be passionate about that. Uh, and you can begin telling those stories and see it. And, 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 and you have those people that you can go back to 
on those dark days and you can remember the Lord worked through us to accomplish this so I can keep going today. Right. So I can keep going today. And so, I, I, yeah, I think passion, I think, I think passion is critical in leadership. I don't think it looks the same in every personality. I don't think it looks the same in every person, right. um, but, but it's passion that inspires people. That's good, man. I, I think, I think I walked that fine line unsuccessfully of obsession and insanity every day. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I like what you said that passion can look different in different personalities and, and different uh, environments that you're in too. So what, what you're talking about, uh, you can be passionate and, and have that passion tested with what you've gone through with uh, the transition you've, you've experienced in your ministry there at the church that you're leading with going through uh, a few huge things with your, your health that have given you some setbacks and, and maybe a little discouragement along the way. And so, so that's hard to work through. And it's evident that that sustained passion from that relationship you have with Jesus is there. That's right. And if that's not there during that time of testing, it will become obvious that it's not there. But that kind of transitions us to where we are right now. We're in the middle of a cultural crisis. And how are you guys navigating through that? I mean, I know leadership and passion are huge parts of how, how we're to navigate through what we're going through right now. But how is, how is you your, and your leadership team there at your church handling what we're experiencing right now with not being able to gather as a church? Because all the things we've talked about today, you're talking about life on life. You're talking about discipleship. You're talking about, you know, passion in, in ministry. Those things have just been put on hold indefinitely. Yeah. So how, how are you guys navigating through that right now? Yeah, you know, that's what we, we were talking about. It feels like our whole paradigm of, of ministry shifted in a week. And um, so first of all, I'd give credit where credit is due, man. My, I am, I've got some guys here on staff with me that are just, I mean, absolute rock stars. And they are creative. They are, they are loving. They, they are passionate. Um, they're sincere. Um, and, and I've just got a great team around me. And, and so I think we have really tried to, to think through, okay, our responsibility to shepherd our people has not lessened in the midst of a pandemic. And so what does it look like to shepherd people that you can't touch? What mm. does it look like to, to, right. to shepherd people and encourage people that you can't pat on the back and hug, which is default here in Iron City? I mean, this is it's what we do. It's who we are. And, and so, you know, I think we, we've tried to innovate. Um, we, we've used it as an opportunity really to, to do some things we've been wanting to do, you know, and um, we've tried to use humor. You know, we, we started this roundtable and because we humor disarms people right. and and so our, our pastors are just meeting and we're, we're cutting up some and then and then addressing serious concerns uh during the quarantine we've done some all-call zoom meetings where anybody in the whole church can just come and interface with us as pastors and and essentially what we're doing is just saying tell me how you're doing let me know um because so much of pastoring is reading body language and reading between the lines and and that relational IQ, right? And, and so when you're not able to interface with people, you really don't know how they're doing. You, you can leave a Sunday on a typical Sunday and say, I need to follow up with this person. They seemed off today. Uh, or, you know, they, I can really tell this person's overwhelmed. I need to just send them an encouraging note. But right now we don't, you know, we can do online services and we can do all these. 
but you're not getting that part of it. And right. so what we're trying to do is figure out ways, how, how do we think outside the box so that we can, so that we we're able to pastor them in that way, even though we can't be in the same room. Um, and, and the guys that I have here with me, they're, they're just, I mean, I, every time I walk by their office, they're calling a widow in our church. They're, they're, they're checking in on a new mother. Um, they're, they're just, they're doing things like that. And so it's just been a real, a real team effort for us. That's fantastic. And, and I can attest to the humor part because my favorite uh, COVID-19 announcement at the very beginning was, was Cody's and we stole <laughs> it and we changed a little bit of it and we used it because it had humor all in it. And I thought, I thought it was awesome. And humor is a great tool that God has given us. So that brings us to really the close here. And I want to ask you, uh, because you've already encouraged us greatly. Okay. But if there's someone and let's, let's stick to what we were just talking about, because I think that's key. And God has given you and your staff and your team an ability to think outside the box. So if there's someone listening today that, that is digitally tired, because we all are, if there's somebody today that's just, they're, they're done with this quarantine and they're like, I cannot do another Zoom meeting. Uh, but they're still called to lead and encourage and pastor in their church. Um, what's something that you would, would encourage them with to say, you know what, God is using you or you keep doing what you're doing. How can you encourage them today? Yeah, I think it's, it's keeping the mission in front of you. And, and, you know, in the history of the church, a crisis has been, crises have been opportunities rather than obstacles. And so this is an opportunity for the gospel. And so I, I am not a phone person. I am not a, a digital, I don't enjoy it. Like it's not, it, it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't come naturally to me. Um, but as often as I remember, as often as I don't want to do it, I remember, you know, this is what gets us closer to the finish line. This is what advances what God is doing through us to the great commission. This is what's necessary right now. And so I think it's, it's part of taking up our cross and, and following after Jesus to, to inconvenience ourselves in these moments for the good of the flock. And I think these are the moments in which our flock is going to look back and they're going to say, my pastors love me. Mm. My pastors love me. They moved heaven and earth to make sure that I was okay. Um, and, and so I think it's an opportunity for us as leaders to look a lot like Jesus in the life of our people. That is very, very good advice. And it's very good perspective during these times, Cody. So we, we have thoroughly enjoyed hearing not only your story, but hearing your passion, as Mark uh, mentioned earlier, that even came through in today's episode, as you are passionate about uh, Jesus and your family and the church he's called you to shepherd well, even during these trying times. So we really, really appreciate you being on the podcast with us today. Well, thank Absolutely. you guys. And I want everybody to know how much I love y'all and how much I admire y'all and just what a, what a blessing you've been in my life. And we're in a pastor's huddle together and just, I know I'm speaking on behalf of all the other guys. You guys have been a tremendous, tremendous blessing to us. Well, I, I'm going to speak for Andy too, and just say, we value your friendship, man. And, and we appreciate you love you. And, and uh, you have definitely encouraged uh, people listening and I know they're better equipped to lead the local church and uh, so thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.